The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hello and welcome to IGN's Horizon Forbidden West PlayStation State of Play post show, all part of IGN Summer of Gaming. I'm Jonathan Dornbush, the host of Podcast Beyond, and all summer long we'll be bringing you exclusive gameplay and reveals and exciting first looks at the hottest new games. But right now it's time for Horizon and what better way to discuss it than with a special episode of Podcast Beyond as we just got our first look at official gameplay of Horizon Forbidden West, the gigantic new sequel from Guerrilla Games and one of the most anticipated PlayStation 5 games of the year. At least we hope it's still this year. We'll talk about that in just a second. But with me to yell about how awesome Horizon Forbidden West looks, I'm joined by Lucy O'Brien and Mark Medina. Hello. Hello. Jonathan Dornbush. That was so much fun. It was great. Yeah, I, yep. I want to get uh, some initial reactions before we jump into uh, a little bit of the nitty gritty because there's a lot a lot to jump in there. But yeah, uh, just sort of, uh, you know, basic overview reaction to that. Lucy, you reviewed Horizon Zero Dawn originally for us back in 2017. Uh, what did you think of this presentation? A long, long time ago. Um, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I think that it was a, a very... Uh, very orchestrated vertical slice. You know, it showed us ex like little bits of everything. Um, it didn't outstay its welcome. There were, of course, more things I wanted to know. Um, <laughs> but like what we saw is so exciting, uh, particularly with regards to climbing, but we'll get into that in a little bit, um, and just general traversal. I think those are the things that uh, thrilled me the most, just getting around this world seemed uh sort of there were so many more options there's such a yeah. variety of ways to move around this around this world and that's what really yeah that floated my boat absolutely mm -hmm. and, and mark how about for you what what uh what were your sort of big takeaways from it yeah uh it was it was actually exactly what i thought it was going to be and exactly what i wanted i wanted 14 minutes of like super varied gameplay and that's what we got. It was like every minute was something new. It's like, hey, we're going to show you the water. We're going to show you climbing. We're going to show you a few new tools. We're going to end with a big boss fight. Uh, it was basically exactly what I was hoping for. And it's what we got. I, I love these like, of course, everybody loves the state of plays where it's like, hey, we're going to show you all these different games. But I love these deep dives when you know, you know, excitement for a game is high and you know that it's coming soon, hopefully we'll get into that later yeah um i love i love this like hey here's 14 minutes of like crazy varied gameplay who knows if this is a playable moment it seems like it probably is 
Um, but it, it was it was just like a, a, a quick overview of a lot of different things. I loved it. Yeah, it was a, a really smart approach, I think, to give us a, a overview of what has changed and what hasn't, because obviously we're, this is a sequel to the original Horizon Zero Dawn, but with it coming as the first one on PS5, I'm sure they're going to want to get uh, newcomers into the game. I do want to, of course, address the fact that it ends, you know, it reaffirms it's coming to PS4 and PS5, uh, mm-hmm. but no firm release date. Uh, did that shock either of you? Uh, Lucy, I guess I'll start with you. Uh, re- well, I was expecting to kind of not know I was very sure of myself that we were going to get a release window you know whether it was like Q4 like just something really generic um so I I never expected a firm date but uh yeah I thought you know Donna you were just saying earlier that with most of these state of plays we kind of tend to get the game fairly quickly after you know there's one of these kinds of deep dives so I was expecting yeah a window it's a shame we didn't get one, but I'm not complaining considering what we saw. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mark? Yeah, I I didn't expect. I I I would have been fine with a window if I was <laughs> expecting anything. It would be a window. Uh, I'm not surprised we didn't get anything at all. I definitely didn't think we'd be getting an actual release date. Uh, it's weird when they do these state of plays. Like, you know, we have to remember that E3 is weeks away. It's coming up. It's almost here, uh, and. Uh, we, you have to assume that even though Sony is not part of E3, they're go, they usually do a conference around that time uh, where they, they have a lot to show off now that uh, a lot of their, their launch stuff is done. And, and, you know, we have God of War, Horizon, stuff like that. And so they're not going to be able to show 14 minutes of gameplay in a conference like that. You're, th- those conferences are meant for like trailers and stuff like that. And so I fully expect them to be like, hey, we have this gameplay we want to show off. We want to remind people that this game exists. Because you, you got to remember, the trailer for this game is like nine months old already. Like th- this game is, has been around for a while. So the fact that we're finally seeing gameplay for it is is super cool. But yeah, I fully expect for them to do a, a bigger conference where they're going through a bunch of different stuff. And that's where we're more likely to see at the least a release window, at the most an actual release date. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I am keeping up the PlayStation blog and Twitter just in case because they do quite have a knack for revealing things afterwards. So we'll see if anything happens. But that final splash screen that was part of the footage, you know, it just showed the two, a PS4 and a PS5, said it's a PlayStation exclusive, I think reaffirming, especially, you know, with some games coming to PC, like the original Horizon Zero Dawn, that this mm-hmm. is launching on playstation specifically and not you know co-launching on on pc uh there's no date listed there's no 2021 there there's a 2021 copyright but that's all we have to go off of uh so i'm not going to go into any conspiracy theory charlie day at the at the board uh there is no (laughs) pepe sylvia sort of mode just yet but uh, i'm i'm hopeful it comes this year i think this would be like a really great sort of uh, fall open world game to get lost Mm -hmm. in but of course the original came out in february of 2017 so it's also a great game to have at the beginning of the year when you're craving sort of like a big world to get lost in after the the fall rush. Well, and it's it's definitely like smart to keep a keep an eye on that stuff. I don't think that they'll bury a release date anywhere. They could Probably mention not. something like yeah, Windows or or, or the, the the window is still 2021. But I do remember the PlayStation showcase, uh, you know, the PlayStation Five showcase. They show Spider Man, they show Horizon, and then it was like the Japanese PlayStation blog was like, by the way, these are also PS4 games, and people are like, wait, what? We thought these were PS5 games. So it's it's definitely been this like trend of theirs to be like, oh, by the way, it is coming in 2021. 
Yeah, oh, I, say I, it on our big show. <laughs> I actually can bring in Gorilla Games that themselves did tweet. Thanks for watching our gameplay reveal. We don't have an exact release date just yet, but development is on track and we'll have an update for you very soon. Thank you as always mm -hmm. for your ongoing support. So to that, that to me at least probably does mean still 2021 is the target is what they're aiming for. Um, but we, we will have to wait a little longer till we get info on that. I, I do want to, of course, jump into the actual gameplay we saw, as, as you both were mentioning. I think this was a really great uh, slice of gameplay to give us a whole variety of different things to talk about. Uh, it, this felt like one of those big marquee sort of like uh, PlayStation presentations I'm sort of used to at E3. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just everyone getting to see that all the, at, at once is really, really exciting. And and the one thing I want to talk about, uh, sort of go off your point, Lucy, was the uh, the environment and both traversal and, and this environmental detail. Uh, what was, I, I guess on the, you know, traversal side of it, what was really striking to you about what we were seeing from how Aloy is getting around this world? I mean, to me, you know, one of the things that I really dug was the verticality and the use of like high and low space. So the fact that, you know, she was climbing and then plunging into the water and going like right down into the water, but also the the sort of the new means in which she can climb and move around these environments. Um, the zip hook, I'm not, again, I've just seen it, so I'm not sure what the official word for this is, but the hooking to um you know a, a ledge is is really cool um and again that little glider that she has is really cool one thing that i really hope they do is play a little bit more with a sort of air traversal so i'm stoked to see this glider i still have really high hopes that we're gonna see actual like flying machines that you can ride like that was what i wanted from the original zero dawn and it was it was honestly because the original was so good that i was just like how could i make this how could i imagine this even better and for me it was being able to ride like a glint hawk or something you know actually being able to ride a machine through the through the through the air again mm -hmm. i'm stoked with how they've expanded her sort of traversal repertoire but I do hope that that like that focus on air traversal is uh, is blown up a little bit more just for me. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely with you, and we're we're just about to go to a break in a little bit. So Mark, we'll we'll get to your thoughts about the traversal uh, just in a little bit. But yeah, I'm I'm very much there with you. I I thought the the addition of the glider, and we'll probably talk about this more after the break of uh you know the the horizon to Breath of the Wild comparisons that happened with the first game. <laughs> Adding in a glider certainly doesn't help the case, but I think it it is great to see. Um, this edition, because you're right, I, especially with them now going underwater as more of a focus, which we got and we'll talk about as well, uh, being able to also get into the air a bit more. We were seeing mm -hmm. some really high pillars of land off in the distance in the water, and mm -hmm. presumably you're going to have to be able to get to one of those relatively easy, and what better way to do that than maybe on the back of a Glintock or another flying robot machine. Um, that's that's kind of my hope there. We'll, we'll we'll have to see where they take things. Um, with that, I have I have a feeling there will probably be some more surprises because we only got a a pretty small number of, uh, for lack of a better term, the robot dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, it was that we got it was to see in this uh, bit of gameplay, and we're we're going to talk about those as well as a bit more of the environment uh, and the gameplay and the the combat because there there were some small tweaks in there that I think will hopefully go a long way for quality of life. But we'll be uh, tossing right to a break in the meantime, and we'll be uh, talking much more about Horizon Forbidden West after that. Can't wait.
Welcome back to IGN's Horizon Forbidden West State of Play post show. I'm your host, Jonathan Dornbush, and this is all part of IGN's Summer of Gaming. And with me to talk about all of that awesome Horizon footage we just saw are my good pals, Lucy O'Brien and Mark Medina. Now, uh, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about environmental detail. And Mark, I did want to get your thoughts on sort of uh, your general impressions of the traversal mm -hmm. and everything we saw. Yeah, so, you know, Lucy pretty much covered a lot of it where it's it seems like a lot of, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn is is a very, I don't, I don't want to say flat game, but because there's definitely some some mountains and some hills and stuff like that. But uh, it's a very like it's a very wide game. There's nothing underwater. Uh, a lot of the climbing was very uh, you know scripted, I guess you could say, like you can only climb in very specific points uh, if there was like a structure. There was a reason to climb that structure. It wasn't just like, I want to climb it. It was like, you're climbing it because you want to get on top of a tall neck or something like that. And so the fact that you can use her focus to try to see, uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily free climbing. You're still seeing those like little yellow notches and it's showing you where you can. But it's, it's like the fact that she was just surrounded by trees and, and you just see those notches everywhere. And she just like climbs up them and then dives into the water like that that makes the game so much bigger because it's like even if the map were the same size now there's an underwater map and now there's all these high up areas uh yeah and then there's also been so many comparisons to breath of the wild even though i firmly believe that the games couldn't be any more different uh but them adding a uh you know a glider i thought was really uh funny i think it looks really really cool it's very on brand it's super techy and stuff like that uh so yeah i think the traversal uh i also you know there's a little bit of parkour in there you see her uh kind of like jump onto a branch and and kind of like you know hoist over it and then the hook shot there um i think it looks really really cool i think it looks really really fun yeah, overall, it feels much more fluid, which I think is probably the the biggest mark against the original in terms of its traversal, you know, the, the Breath of the Wild comparisons notwithstanding, of it, it could be a little bit stilted. And here it feels like there are more options to get around. It's quicker, mm -hmm. it's smoother, uh, and generally will, will be more useful both while you're exploring, but also in combat. And so I do want to talk a little bit about combat because there, there's a lot that we saw here. We saw essentially... Uh, two main fight sequences. One was with more human uh, characters and one was with uh, a humans riding on the back of a tremor tusk. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to start with the human only fight, which started out from a little bit of a like stealth section. And uh, Lucy, I want to start with you. I think for me, the human combat, like human to a Aloy to other human combat was one of the weaker parts of the first game. Uh, it was obviously always like so much more fun to go head to head with a few different robots uh, and, and figure out how best to attack them. This felt like they're, they're trying to like that. They're directly uh, addressing that here. What, what did you think of the, the human encounter that we saw? Yeah. I mean, it, it you know, it was very last of us-y, um, but we, we sort of have established that that kind of, uh, style of gameplay is very Sony first party. You know what I mean? Like this, what we're seeing right now is is classic Sony first party uh, action adventure. Um, it looks cool. I mean, again, I'm not, I, I've never been super invested with the human to human stuff, just like you. Um, but I like, you know, I like the stealth stuff. Um, it's, uh, I like the fact that she now has this sort of, uh, again, it was called something and I completely missed the official name, but it's like a limit break. 
something mm-hmm. akin to a limit break. The Valor Surge. The Valor Surge. Valor Surge. Yeah. Valor Surge. Of course. Um, that yeah, old I mean, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's it looked it looked fluid. I mean, you can see here it looks fluid. It looks graceful. Um, it, you know, the proof is is when we get our hands on it to see how it actually feels. But like mm-hmm. everything that I can see happening right now is um, is is really promising in terms of upgrading that rather pedestrian like human to human combat in the first game yeah mm-hmm. and, and we're getting a little bit of a look at the the valor surger it's gonna be hard valor not to just surge. call it a limit break i think oh, no. while we i like it, shouted out while we were watching i was like whoa she has a limit break what <laughs> and that's just all it is and it looks cool like i'm all for mm-hmm. those like flashy moments where they get to show off the detail in mm-hmm. her weaponry and her costume and and just everything in the environment um it's it's a really smart little touch but yeah uh, mark i was curious about your um, thoughts on what we saw from that human encounter because for me a, th- a thing in the first game like bringing in the the staff for hit always felt very slow and mm-hmm. you know a bit removed from the rest of the combat here things look more like everything gels together what did what did you think of the look of it yeah so uh when we were watching the gameplay it is I, I did i like yelled out loud i was like whoa this is like last of us like they're like having a conversation i fully expect that eventually you'll be sneaking up on people and you'll hear like hey hey rick did you check those things and he's like yeah i got it and then it's like you kill one of them and they're like oh no my richard's dead (laughs) (laughs) you know trying to make you care about these characters that you're just blindly murdering uh but yeah exactly what lucy said whereas like the the or, or or both of you actually the the combat in the first game fighting a robot and fighting a uh human you know the combat was designed around fighting the robots so then you just use that move set against the humans and so you're just trying to get headshots and you're like throwing traps and stuff at them but it never felt like it was designed to actually fight other bandit camps uh where right. this definitely felt like uh fighting a robot versus fighting a human is is are drastically different uh the camera moves in a lot tighter she has a completely different move set uh the valor surges look incredible i can't wait to see what what more she has in her arsenal um but yeah the i think my favorite part of the uh the human fight was when she uh got on that dude's chest and kicks off of it and it goes into slow motion and then while she's in the air she's like pelting him with arrows i i actually do 100 percent believe that stuff like that is in the game you know she you know, it looks very cinematic but a lot of the moves you did in the first game look very cinematic and uh so yeah i i love that fighting humans is going to be different this time around than fighting robots she seems to have a, a move set tailored towards uh towards human in- encounters. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Basically, it, it feels more designed for that. I think you're absolutely right. And it, it feels more purposeful with what we're seeing here. And obviously this is just a small slice. We might mm-hmm. end up fighting a bunch of raiders and it is just pelting them for headshots and hoping it works out. But I, I liked <laughs> the the mix of that juxtaposed with the then uh, the massive Tremor Tusk fight, which felt mm-hmm. a little bit more classic Horizon for sure yep. but uh just amped up in a way that really excites me uh, for for me at least the things that stuck out were the just the sheer number of switching that had to happen to really take on what was essentially a a robot enemy with humans atop it and and mm. the and the layers of that as well as sort of the destructibility of the environment around it uh, 
This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Lucy, what, what stuck out to you from that Tremor Tusk battle? Well, I mean, we... I do want to say I'm going to be, a, I'm going to have a little wine here just because I like, I really like the look of the Tremor Tusk. And the thing is, we knew that the Tremor Tusk was coming because it was revealed in the, um, the, you know, the, the launch, not the launch trailer, the reveal trailer. Um, and I kind of wanted something a little bit bigger in mm -hmm. scale because that for me, that for me is what like makes the horizon zero dawn experience is like this mm -hmm. tiny little alloy going up against this huge you know skyscraper sized thing um but with all that said uh i i thought it, it the the combat here looked wonderfully varied uh i loved the 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 use of the the spike thrower um and the the gravity well and the um the goo 
shot yeah, was like that was the one that we were just saying like that i love the goo grenade i mean you know they've <laughs> they've they've really like they've clearly paid a lot of attention to mixing up uh new ways in which to take down these machines which you sort of they kind of had to do right like if it was just mm -hmm. the same um arsenal that she had in the first game like we're all very used to that and obviously these machines are designed a little differently this time around um, and I really like the fact that it just, again, it was like the same as traversal. It just looks like she has more in which, you know, more to utilize this time around. And I thought it, 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 on top of that, it completely promised that same kind of like breathless combat encounter with a massive machine that just, you know, that adrenaline heart pumping, uh, fight that you can have in, in this game. And I, I think it looks great. Mm -hmm. yeah there there's a lot going on there and for me it was the the exciting combination of uh getting to see aloy basically trying to run away and, and get some you know relief for a second i i really liked that balance of it i'm i'm totally with you i i hope with this new arsenal or you know the new arsenal matches the new uh enemies we're gonna have to fight because we're mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of robot uh different robot enemies and we'll get into those in a little bit but yeah mark, mark just uh briefly mm -hmm. how, how was the combat for you yeah, so like this fight is kind of like your classic Horizon. Um, it's it's kind of like your classic Horizon fight where it's like uh, this. You start and this monster is huge and he's intimidating and he seems to have all the advantages in the world. And then as you, as you can see here, like this is you know talking about the B roll you're seeing on screen. Th this is a dr drastically different trimmer test than you saw a minute ago. Like he's 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 losing he's he's got his like little basket thing knocked off of his head you know you're stripping away his armor parts and it's just that classic horizon where you start to feel bad because it's just like they come at you and they have all these guns and they have all these armor and and you just very slowly like kind of monster hunter style you just like pick them apart and blow their pieces off of them and and, and so you can see here at the end it's it's kind of like this like desperation where it's like it's trying to like do anything it can to stop this little redheaded creature from like blowing its bits off and, and it loses. So it's kind of like that classic, like you start to feel bad for the, for the robots at the end there. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a little bit of the, the shadow of the Colossus vibe of like, I don't mm -hmm. feel good about what I'm doing right now. Why? Yeah. <laughs> but also it looks really cool. So I'm, I'm going to keep, you know, attacking. Yeah. But yeah, you, you mentioned the sort of uh, the takedown of uh, the, the human mount and their sort of like uh their basket that they were in mm -hmm. i i loved the the effect of all of that happening like to me that feels like one of the most new gen like ps5 capable things to be able to see all of that collapsing while the yeah, fight's I, going we, on <laughs> we all like audibly gasp when it leans mm -hmm. forward and you just see that all come on i was like oh, whoa like that's so cool looking <laughs> i mean the designs of these things are so weird and intricate like that's what i always love from the first game and i i you know mark you said that this was like a classic horizon sort of fight and mm -hmm. I, I so agree like and and that i'm so pleased that that they're not messing with that formula because that is what <laughs> makes horizon a horizon game right like mm -hmm. are these huge scale um fights with these intricately built like lego machines almost yeah. where you're you know shooting bits off and then revealing other bits underneath until you get to that like explosive gas canister underneath their right leg or something you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. just like yeah. there's so uh it's such a classic formula but it works so well and even just watching this my heart was like thumping because i was i was sort of taken straight back to 
those encounters from the first game. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a great sort of, as you were saying, classic Horizon-style combat. And I, I really can't wait to see. This is only the first big enemy that we're seeing, so I can't wait to see mm -hmm. what the other enemies look like. And we're going to be talking about all of the enemies that we did see, all of the robot, wonderful robot dinosaurs and, and much more uh, in just a little bit. But for now, we'll have to take a short break. So in the meantime, why don't you go around your house and count how many broken mugs you can find? Because that was a thing you did in the first game when you were also trying to save the world, that very important thing you were doing. So you mm -hmm. should go do that right now, and we'll be right back right after this break. Welcome back to IGN Summer of Gaming and a special post-show of Podcast Beyond after the Horizon Forbidden West State of Play from PlayStation. And I'm joined by my wonderful friends, Mark Medina and Lucy O'Brien, to talk about everything we saw. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the uh, the traversal and the combat a bit, and we're very excited about all of that. But I do want to touch on, of course, those wonderful dinosaurs. And they're mm -hmm. not just dinosaurs. I know there are many other creatures within this robotic world, but I like calling them robot dinosaurs because it's fun. Mm -hmm. Please sure. don't be mad at me, Internet. Uh, I I really love the design of some of the ones that we've seen here. Um, the the claw strider is, is for some of the B-roll that we have up right now, uh, being ridden by some of the raiders. Uh, the tremor tusk battle we were talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, Lucy, what did you think of the design of the new, the new creatures that we saw? Yeah, I mean, you know, Yes, robot dinosaurs is reductive, but dinosaurs were clearly the uh, the inspiration for the claw striders. Um, I love how they are basically extremely armored velociraptors with uh, chainsaw teeth. I mean, that's fairly terrifying. Again, their moveset is really fluid, just like a sort of like a vel velociraptor has typically been portrayed in like cinema. Uh, and I, I thought that that particular encounter was when she was running from them was really quite terrifying, particularly because they sort of swarm on her like on mass. And I can imagine being uh, chased and overwhelmed by a group of those mm -hmm. uh, is going to be a real challenge. And obviously getting to higher ground or diving <laughs> underwater is going to have to be a, um, a, a sort of choice you make. Uh, you know, in the original Horizon Zero Dawn, I remember uh, stumbling across an area with machines that were way too advanced for where I was like level wise. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can imagine being swarmed by a group of those potentially in the early game will be quite terrifying. So I loved their design. Uh, I loved the, uh, the big, uh, what are we calling him? I, I want to call him the big, tusk. the big tremor tusk, our big yep. elephant friend. And again, I love that they pull from, you know, the animal kingdom and dinosaurs as well. And I loved. I, he seemed, he, yeah, okay, he was dangerous, but he's just said he looked like a big old elephant. Just a big old elephant <laughs> with, with bits on him, you know? Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but, but again, the size and, and, and the fact that he has so much sort of armory uh, was clearly uh, really cool. And yeah, I mean, again, it, it felt like we were just getting a tease of yeah. what mm -hmm. they've cooked mm -hmm. up for, for the second game because the the machines have always been the calling card right yeah ab absolutely yep. and and you were saying in the in the last section of how like you know all their their lego pieces and i really really feel like i would spend too much money on lego sets of all of these if they if they made those official i think i've seen some like fan mock-ups but man if, if you mm. sold that as a line playstation you have my probably hundreds of dollars because lego is very expensive um <laughs> but mark I, I did want to hear from you on on the design of these we saw a few uh, a little bit you know in the underwater section i believe they were called burrowers but we didn't get a great mm -hmm. look at them but uh claw strider and termitus definitely took the uh the spotlight but what did you what did you think of them especially you know with the ensemble we already have 
Yeah, so we saw we saw some new ones. We saw some familiar ones. Uh, when you look at something like the the claw strategy and stuff like that, they, it's very reminiscent of the first game. Uh, the trimmer tusks, yeah, those things look terrifying. Uh, I do expect that we'll see more uh, like the alligators were in the first game. So I, I assume we'll start seeing more, like maybe we'll see Thunderjaws and we've already seen some of the uh, bird robots. I don't know what they're called. Uh, but <laughs> I also want to mention like of the of the robots we saw in this gameplay demo, we didn't see a lot that they've shown already. Like the little crab guys that were on the beach in the first um, reveal trailer, you know, nine months ago. Uh, or the shell snappers the big turtle guys like there's still so many that we ended up not seeing that that's what i'm really excited for is we've now gotten a glimpse of like all these cgi like kind of crustacean kind of creatures and now we're seeing some in the actual gameplay itself uh but what exactly what lucy mentioned earlier was you would walk into an area and you'd be like whoa this is uh this is way too hard for me. These monsters are way too big. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm excited for is uh, I'm excited what I'm seeing on screen, but I'm also very excited for what they're not showing us yet. Because, you know, Horizon had these areas, Zero Dawn had these areas that, uh, you know, we that area was meant to house this specific creature, you know, creatures yeah. that would go you know, bury into, into the earth and stuff like that. And so like, that's what I want to see is to go into this area and you're like, Oh, this is like a mini boss. And this is meant to be, um, you know, this area is tailored around this one creature. I also want to see more of how the humans interact with the different robots. Like we saw humans riding the striders and we also saw humans riding the big uh, trimmer tusks. And so it's like, I'm, I'm interested to see how other uh, creatures in the game are retrofitted for humans <laughs> to be able to, and tribes to be able to ride them. Yeah, that felt like a very uh, telling moment, and especially when Aloy call, calls out the fact that the Raiders are on the Claw Striders and what that means. Mm -hmm. And I really, as as Lucy was saying earlier, uh, or I think we may have all been saying it, but like, I really hope we see someone on a flying robot <laughs> yeah. at some point in footage. Um, but I do want to talk about, you know, you were discussing sort of the idea of like in, in the original things felt pretty there could be areas where you come in and it felt very bespoke to the enemies you were going to fight and the the exciting revelations you would get by by exploring that environment we don't get a ton of the environment uh of i assume the entire game but we do get this pretty pretty detailed uh chunk of the as we we learn a little bit into it the san francisco coastline uh mm -hmm. by the golden gate bridge which has been a a very big selling point image since the reveal trailer last year um for for the state of the world uh you know especially as people who have lived and worked within the bay area uh it's it's very cool to see uh i i i'm not expecting them to do anything too one-to-one -one of you know like oh yeah the, that overtaken block is where i used to get a sandwich in the morning but i think it's i think it's going to be like a fun approximation of you know being in san francisco a thousand years after it's been through an apocalypse yep. um Lu lucy what did, what did you think of the environmental detail that we saw and specifically you know like the the san franciscan nature of it the friend well i'm driving across the golden gate bridge tomorrow so there you go um <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it, I think it looks stunning. I think that they can do a lot with just a series of iconic landmarks. You know, if you just have, like, if you see the bridge or you have um, a sunken palace of fine arts, like, it's going to make me sort of giddy because this is a city that I know and love. Um, but, you know, elsewhere, I just think that this whole area is is stunning. And, you know, a lot of it is, like, this is how beautiful it looks in a sort of minute-to-minute, -minute, like, traversal um, but also just the promise of those larger, larger structures in the background, you know, that's what really excites me. Like, I can't wait to see how they have, you know, how big that this game is. Like, we know it's going to be a bigger map than the first game, um, but we also know it's going to be on the PS4. So I'm not entirely sure, you know, exactly how big it's going to be. Yeah. Um, but the scale is something that I'm really, really interested in in sort of checking out because horizon zero dawn was the first ps4 game i was gonna say next gen it was next gen at the time <laughs> um ps4 game that sort of really made me go oh this is what a, the ps4 can do right mm -hmm. like for me personally i know yeah. others might have had a different experience but it was like this is what the ps4 can do and i do kind of want a little bit of that for the ps5 with the horizon zero dawn again i know it's it's being retrofitted cross <laughs> sorry mm -hmm. cross gen um but i do want to see how far they push the sense of scale because mm -hmm. that is what horizon zero dawn horizon forbidden west is all about <laughs> yeah I, I i'm totally there with you i I can't wait to go watch this presentation after we record this in 4K the way it's meant right. to. That, that's always the funny thing about these state of plays is like you watch it and then you go actually watch how it's supposed to look because it, mm -hmm. it very clearly is a beautiful world. And I think like the rich detail of the more like tropical uh, foliage that we're getting blended with the, you know, concrete man-made structures is a really nice detail that we didn't get. We we got in certain pockets of the world in mm -hmm. uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm curious how much it's prevalent in, in Forbidden West of how much we'll see this like nature retaking the land that man took from it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Mark, what what did you think of this little pocket of the environment that we got to see? Yeah, so it was, it was really funny when it was starting, and and she's uh, she's giving that guy some water and stuff like that, and you know you're in a cutscene, and uh, she's like, okay, I'm gonna go find Aaron. And the camera starts to move and all of us at the same time we're like oh here it's time for that like classic sony moment and sure enough like the graphics don't change nothing changes but the camera just swoops mm -hmm. behind aloy and she just starts running and you're like yeah we're we're in engine here this game is gorgeous and, and something about horizon zero dawn is every time you stopped moving and you like pause the game like it looked like a painting and you know, we got five hours of uh, of a countdown timer that was showing slow pans of the world, uh, you know, leading up to this gameplay reveal. And it was like there wasn't a moment that I didn't look over because uh, I had it running the entire five hours that I wasn't like, "Wow, I cannot wait to be there." Um, yeah, as far as the San Francisco part, I, I think it's always fun for for people like us who live in San Francisco or have lived in San Francisco that, yeah, it's kind of like that Watch Dogs 2 moment where you're like, oh, I can't wait to explore places that I recognize. Uh, I'm going to go find the sunken IGN office. I think this one's going to be a little different only because, you know, a lot of this is underwater. Um, the 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 arts building and all that stuff that was all like already sunken and and so you 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 could see like 
you know, tiny little islands that people were theorizing that those aren't actually islands. They're the top of skyscrapers and stuff like yeah. that. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be as recognizable as something like Watch Dogs 2, where you're like, oh, wow, like there's the painted ladies. I, I don't think you're going to see stuff like that. Uh, but I do think that there are going to be definitely some moments, especially, you know, seeing the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, anyone who's seen it in real life knows that it's like it, it, it is really a sight to behold. So to see it in the game and and, and she's fighting the trimmer tusk and you just see, you know, those giant arches in the background, uh, I think is is really, really cool. Uh, yeah, as far as detail goes, you know, they've said m- many times that this game is built for PlayStation 5 and then brought down to work on PS4. Obviously, there's still things that they're going to have to do to make it where, you know, it, it is able to run on that console. But I, I don't remember hearing anybody complain about Miles Morales on PS4. Like for all, for all, like from what people have said is that the game is still absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you can see this gameplay is running at 1080-30. I don't know if that was because of the stream um, or if it's likely to have a performance mode versus a uh, frame rate mode. I, I bet it will. Uh, but th- this game... It looks like a game that I'm like I'm willing to sacrifice the frame rates and run at 30 so I can get the full HDR uh, 4K resolution because man, this game just it, it just everything about it looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I think the thing that really excites me about what we're seeing from this footage too is is the color palette of it, like the, mm, the yeah. brightness of the reds and the blues, and and there was. Uh, some of that definitely in Horizon, but you also would get a lot of darker areas and a lot of white because of the snow. And so I like what this seaside setting, uh, bayside setting can bring to it because there is just, as you were saying, Mark, it can look like a painting. Uh, Horizon yep. can look just like you stop and you're looking at a painting and it's and it's beautiful. And I can't wait to see what they're able to accomplish with Horizon Forbidden West, especially on PS5, but hopefully on PS4 as well. Um, and you're you're like in this jungle, and it's like it's like crazy that snap when she goes from the jungle to underwater, and you're mm-hmm. like, whoa! I'm like in a watercoloring painting now. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sight it's, to behold. It's gorgeous, and we'll have a little bit more to talk about with Horizon Forbidden West and some other PlayStation news. Uh, but unfortunately, we're gonna have to take a a quick break. But don't worry, it's a very quick break. We'll be faster. Then you could fast travel in Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm mostly saying that because it kind of took a little long to actually fast travel in that game. It was it was slow. It took a long time. Anyway, we'll be back soon. Please stick around. Welcome back to IGN Summer of Gaming, Horizon Forbidden West, State of Play post-show with a special episode of Podcast Beyond. Those were a lot of words that I just said right there, and I apologize because names can be long sometimes, but here to help me sort through all of that are my good friends, Mark Medina and Lucy O'Brien. Lucy and Mark, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Horizon Forbidden West's uh, environment, the combat, uh, the robot dinosaurs, and, and a lot more. Obviously, I'll, I'll just say briefly, of course, we're, we're not really touching on story because there wasn't a lot of story there. And I, I have a feeling they're going to save a lot of the big reveals for how this plays into the overarching lore for when we play the full game. I will say it's definitely worth noting, of course, uh, Erend of the Osaram tribe, I believe, shows up in a little bit of that gameplay. But for now, the, the rest of the story remains remains a mystery. What doesn't remain a mystery is some comments from all of you out there. Uh, as the stream was going on, uh, one of our wonderful producers noted that, in fact, much of the YouTube chat is asking for a shark robot machine uh, to fight. And uh, the snap maws were already pretty terrifying for me. I don't know if I could handle an alley- oh, or, uh, I, a shark as well. But I disagree. I want a shark. Oh. One of the coolest things, one of the things, <laughs> I'm just sorry, I know I'm going off script a little bit, but one of the How things that you? I love so much about um, Horizon is that it's that it can be terrifying 
right? Like, and one of the things that I loved was, you know, reaching those uh, machines that were over overpowering, like, and you, you were underleveled and having to run away. And I love this idea of a kind of like a Jaws scenario when you're traversing through the, um, through underwater, especially because you have, I mean, I think that that's what they're going for. You've got this, you've got like a dash ability in the water where you can actually mm -hmm. push out, like Aloy can propel herself from certain ledges. Um, and I really love the idea of being, I know this sounds sick, of being like pursued underwater. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's freaking terrifying. And so I would love it if there were, you know, shark like machines that would chase you. Yes. Give me it. And the, and the sharks will definitely have laser beams on their heads. Cue the Austin Powers B-roll. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. That was a test. That was a, a test. test. No, no quotes. No failed. Austin Powers quotes. To please. The, <laughs> Lucy, you're on the wrong show with with Mark and me, if, if that's one of your qualifications. for. I've told them, if me be. and Dornbush are on a show together, always have Austin Powers B-roll at the ready. Yeah. We can, let me down. We can buy the, the music rights, right? That shouldn't be a problem <laughs> if we just start play, playing uh, Super Bossa Nova. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, I, I agree with you though, Lucy. I think like, you know, the, the first time you see a storm bird uh, in Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm forgetting the other one, but there's a, a sort of when you're in like the desert area and you come across just that gigantic uh, robot enemy to fight. And it, it's just the sort of the awe and the spectacle and the fear of it is mm. such a wonderful mixture of, of feelings that this game is able to evoke. Uh, and you're right. I do, like. I don't. I don't want the shark because sharks scare me. But I also do want the shark because, as you were just saying, like Jaws, a Jaws moment against a giant robot shark would be so cool as a, as like a mini boss encounter here. Mm -hmm. um, we we were seeing some other comments. Uh, former, uh, of course, podcast beyond member, and now Sony Santa Monica writer. So obviously, she's spilling all the secrets about. <laughs> Uh, Horizon, but uh, Alana Pierce did mention, well, I am absolutely blown away by how Horizon Forbidden West looks graphically and aesthetically. Those gameplay updates are killer. The melee verticality and traversal options are just chef's kiss. Very excited. Thank you, Gorilla. And yeah, I'm, I, I think that'll be a lot of the stuff that the quality of life while playing mm -hmm. the game that I'm really looking forward to that like once you're 10 hours in, it will be hard to think that Horizon Zero Dawn didn't have those moves. I think right. it's going to be something this will probably achieve pretty easily. That, that's something that was kind of bouncing around in my mind is like i i fully expected the game to be gorgeous we'd already seen the trailer we know that zero dom was was gorgeous uh i think what jumped out to me the most was yeah the the really cool you know the limit break and the the little the the, the parasail and all that stuff and, and this parkour you're seeing on screen like that's the kind of stuff that i'm like yeah the game was going to be gorgeous that's fine but damn does it look fun to play yeah, and, and yeah. that's definitely going to be an, an important upgrade because I think they've shown they can nail the beautiful world. But yeah, to really solidify the the great foundation they built with the first game in Forbidden West, I think is going to be really exciting. Uh, another comment from me, me just said, uh, unlikely, but I'd love if they scrapped the open world and just had large levels like the one shown with a bunch of stuff. Uh, they, they, they did a curse that I, I can't say. Uh, packed into each one. <laughs> beach level, snowy mountains, volcanic lands, etc. And my only my only thought is I feel like the first game sort of did that. It was an open world, yes, but it it kind of felt almost like Mario-esque and like, oh, I'm going to the snowy region. Oh, here's the desert. Oh, here's the the city in the middle of it all. I, I feel like we're going to get a little bit of that here. I don't know. Yeah, that... I, I, I mean, I have to disagree with me. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a great, you know, suggestion. Um, but for me... <laughs> uh i'm i'm um you know what I, again and i keep coming back to this i know i'm beating the drum but like 
I do love the idea of just stumbling across something that you're not yeah. meant to. I mean, but mm. the, you are meant to. That's all part of the experience, right? It's all part of like, okay, this is not this is not something I have not been guided to this area. This is something that I have stumbled upon, right? And mm -hmm. that is so much part of the thrill of of this world is that you feel like you were just sort of put into it, like it wasn't designed around you. And all yep. the best game world building makes you feel like that that it was not designed around you you were just you just happened to be there and that's what i love so much about the open world nature of horizon mm -hmm. yeah to me horizon is is meant to be open world you know when you you get those moments with last of us and uncharted and you're like yeah these are very like scripted very beautiful dense areas uh that's not really what I would want Horizon to be. I like Horizon's big open worlds that you can kind of go wherever you want. And you can, you know, we talked about it earlier, kind of stumble upon an area where you're like, whoa, I, I'm not supposed to be here yet and kind of <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, but I, I do think they keep the biomes fresh enough where it's like you're in snow, you're in desert. Right. You know, the first trailer showed a ton. This is like a jungly beach area. But e even in the, also in the countdown leading up, we saw snow areas. We saw a desert area. We saw, you know, familiar looking kind of zero dawn areas so it's like i i think there's gonna be enough of uh of a variation there for people yeah and i i'm certainly interested to see what they do with san francisco proper and what parts of the mm -hmm. city remain and what don't and and how you can play around in there uh that was something that uh last of us obviously a much sooner apocalypse but did very well with uh the pacific northwest so i'm, I'm curious to see what they do with that sort of uh, topography and all that. But uh, we'll, we'll largely leave, I think, our Horizon Forbidden West thoughts there. Obviously, we didn't get a release date. Uh, we're, this is our first look at gameplay, so we'll have probably plenty more to discuss about Horizon in the months to come. I hope not too many months, because I really, really want to play this game. Yep. Um, it it looked awesome. And I'm, I'm very excited about what we saw. But uh, as this is an episode of Podcast Beyond, do want to bring in just a little bit of other PlayStation news that dropped this week that thankfully dropped before we recorded the show, uh, which is, of course, the fact that we'll be getting uh, new PlayStation Plus games next week. Uh, the PS Plus games I accidentally wrote down for July because I don't know what month it is. Uh, but for <laughs> June, the three games that we'll be getting uh, as part of PlayStation Plus are Operation Tango, which will be a brand new uh, for PlayStation uh, online cooperative game uh star wars squadrons the previously released uh you know um star wars game that that's meant to put you in the pilot seat of both the uh empire and the rebel alliance as well as virtual fighter 5 showdown which i believe is a a remastered version of virtual fighter 5 i don't know the franchise and i apologize to any virtual fighter fans who are going to get immediately upset about me uh mm. saying that but it will actually be available for two months june and july um mm. so yeah you, you'll you'll have two months to be able to have that one until monday august 2nd um i, I guess i'll start with star wars squadrons uh, i've only played i haven't actually finished the campaign but I, I i got uh hooked a little bit on the multiplayer um i think this is a smart one to add because it is fully playable in psvr which is uh, as as our uh, writer Tom Marks for the review said, like this that's the way if you can play this game, it is so cool to be able to play it in VR. Um, I don't know if either of you have had a chance to. Not in VR, but yeah, yeah. I I really enjoy. I I I had fun with Squadrons. I was surprised because that type of um, 
I, you know, there's this old lady part of me that wants to say that that type of spaceship game doesn't really like typically appeal to me, but, um, but you know, I had, I had great fun with it. So I'm stoked that more people get their hands on this one. Yeah. I, I've, I've actually never played it. The only thing I ever remember of the game is, is every, every view angle is like, you're, the, you're, you're, you're at the bottom of a Pringles can. And you're just sink because <laughs> like, um, you're in the know, cockpit and you're because you're like to, yeah. in the cockpit. You just see the circle. I know people love it. Uh, I'll probably check it out. I yeah, it's definitely worth a look. Um, <laughs> if you have any sort of like cursory interest, especially in like being able to pilot a Star Wars ship, they do it very well. Um, and then Operation Tango will be a brand new uh, multiplayer online game. Uh, it's uh, asymmetrical challenges essentially where one of you is a hacker and another of you is a spy and you're working together uh, you have to have a microphone to be able to talk to each other that mm -hmm. might be a fun one to to do some uh, co-op with uh, for a beyond let's play or something but uh, we'll have to check that one out in june not july as i wrote down in the run of show you silly mm -hmm. man jonathan uh, but that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this episode uh, mark and lucy thank you so much for joining me uh, people can find you both on twitter lucy you're at lucy o'brien and mark you're at mark medina there it is at right mark there. underscore medina excuse me yep there's the space uh and of course i'm at jm dormbush uh normally you can find myself lucy and occasionally our guest star mark uh, who was recently on to talk about returnal as well uh, as mm -hmm. brian altano and max scoville on podcast beyond every wednesday normally at 3 p.m pacific on ign on youtube and your favorite podcast services around the world but that's otherwise going to pretty much wrap us up for our horizon forbidden west state of play post show as part of podcast beyond it's a it's a very long title but i appreciate you all being here and uh even though this show's over ign's summer of gaming is really just getting started it, it so much has happened today but we're just getting started uh all summer long ign will bring you bringing you tons of gaming news exclusive reveals and so much more so please uh join us tomorrow uh, for our coverage of Sony's State of Play. Why does it say that here? You know. <laughs> um, but uh, please continue to join us um, on June 10th for the Summer Game Fest kickoff live, uh, June 11th for the IGN Expo, uh, June 12th through 15th for E3, and of course, uh, August 25th through 27th, a little further out, will be Gamescom, but uh, there will be plenty more happening in between, uh, you know, a little thing called E3 is back and we'll be back there this year and covering every press conference and breaking down some of the biggest news in the industry. IGN Summer of Gaming is here for you all summer long. So catch us please on IGN, YouTube, your smart TVs, pretty much anywhere you can think of. So thank you all so much for watching and we'll see you all soon right here on IGN. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.